Ladies and gentlemen, episode 45 of the Talking Shop podcast uh, brought to you by our Patreons, brand new one, Shane Johnson and Michael Galvez. Thank you so much, our new Patreon supporters for keeping the lights on here. Um, that, that puts us at Michael Johnstone, Justin Sprague, Joe Matias, Ricky Alvarez, Pell's Law, Justin Brubelo, Me Washin, Brad Smith, Jason Holzer, and our new ones, Michael Galvez and Shane Johnson. We love you. We thank you. And we're going to do a Zoom with you in the coming weeks. Uh, we're going we're gonna to light that up, just us, an intimate conversation where you throw some questions at us. And hey, we might throw some questions at you too, uh, because we want to learn some stuff. Uh, but enough about me, James Lowe, aka Coach Ballgame. How about my partner in crime, Chad Chop? How you doing, Chopper? Up, buddy, I'm doing great, and uh, I'm excited to hear about some of your travels that you've had here recently. And really uh, fun, yeah, excited to get after it. Appreciate those Re Patreons, really, really fun. Uh, went to Hawaii, uh, with, with the girls last week, that's why we didn't have a podcast. Went to uh, went to Waikiki. I was supposed to do a camp with Major League Baseball that got canceled, so we turned it into a family vacation, and it was so great because. We needed that intimate, that that personal, just just us time. It's been a crazy summer, and my girls are Aubrey. Happy birthday today! She's five today. Uh, yeah, add a girl, yes. Aubrey James. Um, you know, the, her and Avery's going to be nine. They're getting to that age when I'm not around, they miss me. And I'm sure you listeners can you feel that uh, when uh, the kids get to a certain age and and you, you're on that road trip or you're gone a few days, man, they miss it. They miss you. And man, it hurts. It stings. So to be able to build sandcastles and just uh, go to dinner and wake up in the same hotel room with those gals. I mean, we had a great family, family time. And, and it really got me thinking, this is what life's all about. You know, you find those people that you love uh, and, and, and you, you're, you just hang out with them and, and have these great memories, these special memories that we made, building the sandcastles, digging holes, uh, looking at turtles and, um, you know, getting stung by baby jellyfish and, and you know, the memories <laughs> that we'll, we'll never forget. Um, so that's what it's all about. Make, build those relationships and make those beautiful memories. And, and I think you had a, you had, a, you had a great memory you, were, you wanted to share with us, Chopper, about some hot dogs and hamburgers with some people that you've built a relationship with, right? Man, I, yeah, it was really cool. A couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, Sunday afternoons, we do uh, like a scrimmage. So we're right at the base of Mount Lemons. It's beautiful view. I feel like you can touch it. It's like a picture. And, and this is the, your team. Which, which team is this of yours? This is the 10U. The so these are the, the little baby pups. And uh, one of my parents uh, said, hey, is it OK? I'm thinking about just bringing down, you know, a grill and some burgers and hot dogs and just kind of grilling out during we do a scrimmage on Sundays and uh, after church. And it's like, that's nah, a great idea. What a great, thoughtful idea. So we've got uh, TJ on the grill, just grilling out for everybody and just, you know, just the smell of the grill by the baseball field. That feels like so good. That's, that's a little slice of heaven. It's so good. What, I mean, what a thoughtful, kind thing that he did. And, Everyone obviously loved it. And it was just, I mean, it was a little taste of heaven, a little slice of heaven right there. It, it did not get any better. So for our parents, uh, you know, if you've got the means, uh, ask if it's okay to, you know, maybe grill out during a practice. And uh, 
it was really cool. It was really cool. I, it blew me away. I just, you just feel so thankful that you've got parents like that. And, and that's, right, that's right when you told me that story, it just made me think of, of like a family. You've built this family yeah. And, and yeah, you play baseball. Yeah. You, you go to tournaments and you try and win tournaments, but way more important than that is you've built this family and you're um, you're, you're showing these kids what's important. Uh, it, it's not, it's not the, the trophy that we have to win. How about these, these moments that we have and these conversations and these relationships that will turn into text threads when you're 40 years old uh, and you're still hanging out with these guys. That's what's important. And every guest we've had on, I think back to Xavier Scruggs, it was about the relationships. Same with Tomco. It was about those relationships and, and the character you can have uh, to, to help build those relationships. That's what you remember at the end of the day, not how many wins you had. So uh, good on you. Uh, that got me feeling real good um, uh, in, in, in my, in my, uh, in my heart. And uh, yeah, well, that was uh, par, that was par, par for the course par for the course for the pups and speaking of par for the course i heard you uh you had a little bit of golf uh, experience yesterday what do you got on that so i played golf yesterday in a tournament in newport beach beautiful place called pelican hill and it was a fundraiser put on by um uh, tory hunter and gary matthews jr very handsome uh amazing baseball players that we need to get on the podcast soon yeah um and uh and they raised money for the mlb youth academy of compton mlb has some youth academies all across the country and i've i went to houston and coached at their youth academy for the world series um but uh they've got one in compton here and it is giving kids uh in underserved areas a chance to play the game uh and a lot of these kids can play and one of these kids spoke yesterday at the tournament uh, in front of all the players. Uh, he wrote this beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, letter of, of, of how thankful he was for the Youth Academy and how much it's, it's helped him become a great player, but more importantly, a great person. Um, it really, really uh, warmed my heart. And then in my group was, uh, was my two buddies, Clark and Quinn. Uh, who bring their kids to my sandlots and uh, they've, they've just been awesome, awesome friends for a long time. And then a guy named Nick Punto, World Series champ, who is going to be on the podcast in a few uh, weeks, actually. He's upcoming. And then um, Albert Pujols uh, was also wow. in the group. So I got to heard play a little golf with him, heard of him. And man, <laughs> I, I mean, just the Albert parts a bucket list moment. Um, but then when you watch that guy step up to a golf ball and you just see what the hands do right before impact and you hear the sound, I mean, he hits the, <laughs> he hits the ball so hard and it's just this, this flick of the wrists at the very end that you're like, I've never been able to do that. I can yeah. never do that. That thing that he can <laughs> do with his wrists and with his hands. Um, but there were moments when I saw him hit a drive like 320 yards and it's like, gosh, I feel like a catcher. I feel like I'm right here behind home plate, just <laughs> watching this yeah. great, great. One of the best of all time, just hit this golf ball with a slight draw, 320. Um, he, he had to leave a little early, uh, but 
he eagled a par four on his own ball, drove the par four, 325 carry uh, to about 12 feet, made the putt by himself. And then he, uh, he, he drops a nine iron to about eight feet, makes the putt for birdie. And he's like, I got to go, guys. Uh, you, you carry the torch from here. Uh, Nick Punto drives it even further than uh, Albert. Unbelievable. He was a switch hitting uh, infielder uh, for many teams, won a World Series uh, with the cards. But uh, he's a righty on, on the golf course, and he just pounds it. And uh, we shot 17 under. I was the worst golfer uh, in the group by far, and I felt so good about that. Uh, yeah. And I, I just tried to make some putts. But, uh, hey, uh, it was for the great cause of the Youth Academy, but I don't like not winning. I like winning. And, uh, and it was nice to win. So that was, a, that was an epic day that, uh, that wouldn't have happened if we didn't show up, brother. That's awesome. I love it. And uh, you told me a little bit about it last night. And uh, it's just cool. It's a, for a great cause, as you said. And it's just fun getting out there. Uh, and Pelican Hills, insanely nice. I played in a tournament there once as well. And it's very, very beautiful course. Picturesque. Uh, right, by the, right by the bosom of the Pacific Ocean there. Man, oh, man. I, I got to meet Gary Templeton. Uh, yeah. who uh, was traded for Ozzie Smith, great player, uh, Tory Hunter, and everybody was saying this about him, and I could see it firsthand. One of the nicest, uh, most positive, uplifting people in the game. I mean, he's just joy incarnate. So uh, uh, the fact that he's love passionate to have him on the pod. Youth Academy, yeah. we'll, we'll wiggle our way in there somehow and get Tory on. Uh, but I think great. he'd be a great guest um, to really talk about positivity uh which which is something that my dallas boots on the ground um we called him the coach mayor of of uh dallas uh but it's michael green and uh, uh first of all give him some snaps for setting up my sandlot in dallas had about 65 kids had kids come from amarillo which is about five hours away had people come from brandon belt's hometown of lufkin which is about two and a half hours mm -hmm. away uh, and, and some of those parents volunteered to help coach. One of those parents from, from Lufkin went by the nickname Coach Pigskinner. Uh, he, he, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to guess uh, how he got that nickname at, there in Lufkin, Texas. He brought the joy. Uh, other assistant coaches there, uh, just Dr. Nice and uh, Coach Brown University and Coach Big Hoss and Coach Longhorn. Uh, a lot of these kids they uh they'd actually lived here in california and then moved uh you know because of one reason or another the families have moved to to the dallas area so i got to see a lot of familiar faces but a whole bunch of brand new ones and my boots on the ground uh he 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 dialed it in it was cold at the very beginning but uh once again to go to a different town and just do what we do coach in yeah. a positive way people are thirsty for it. They, and they just, they soak it up. They loved every minute of it. And, um, but at the same time, my boots, uh, he sent me a list of topics to talk about today because he kind of feels like he's in the minority uh, in, in his area. And he coaches uh, travel ball for his son um, and, and just his little league uh, there in the area is just everybody is still kind of drinking that Kool-Aid of win at all costs. 
and um, he threw some really insightful topics out. So I thought we could discuss these, uh, Chopper. What do you think? I'm excited. I can't. I'm. I can't wait. Let's tackle these uh, one by one and uh, and uh, try to help out. Is that Coach Pigskinner? You said. Well, Pig Skinner's in Lufkin, uh, but this is oh. Coach Ma- the Mayor. This is the Mayor. The mayor. Uh, yeah, the Mayor. The mayor. He uh, okay. uh, really strong boots on the ground there in, in Dallas right. for me. But uh, let's do it. He says there's a lot of things that that we do as parents and coaches that are obviously putting pressure on our kids to perform or be good at baseball or any other sport. Everyone agrees that the obvious things are are bad, but there are also other things we uh, we don't see as obvious. Here's one that's not so obvious. Uh, the parent coach that hovers over their own kid during practices or games. Uh, they don't yell, but it's a constant presence of someone nitpicking uh, your every move. So this isn't a coach. This is a parent. And, and you know, I, I, we can call them the uh, fence grabbers. They're grabbing that fence and they're really hovering. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not the blatant come on, elbow up, don't strike out. They're not yelling, but they're, they're just a constant presence and, and just a quiet little, little nitpick uh, here and there. Um, yeah. What, what, what do you say to that? What do you say to that parent? And maybe let's go, let's go with, what do you say to that coach that has that parent? Let's start there and then maybe some advice for that fence grabbing parent. Yeah, as a coach, uh, it's one of those things where you you want to have a one-on-one with the parent and just say, hey, I know where it's coming from. This is coming from love, uh, but you have to trust us as coaches and, um, you know, just give them that space to learn and to fail and to be okay to fail and not have this constant fear of, you know, let's keep that separation of being a dad and that love that you have versus you wanted to be good at the sport. That's great, but you, t- you trust us as coaches. So let us coach your kid and, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll honor that trust you've given us, but um, you got to do it a different way. Now from as a parent, I, cause I, I, I love watching Boaz. Like I, I, I love watching, but it is not to nitpick it to me. It's almost uh, like if I could make some popcorn, it's like watching a movie. Cause I'm just blown away with them. You know, like, so I, I watch everything he does, but almost in amazement. So it's a totally different vibe. I'm not nitpicking. I'm not, I just don't want, I'm, I'm turning to Aerosmith. I don't want to miss the thing from, uh, you know, Armageddon. I just, so with parents, if you're doing that, that's different. I think your kid, your son or daughter will know like, man, my mom and dad, they love me. And that's what it is. It's like, I'm blown away with everything that kid does. Um, I'm on the fence, but it's watching in awe. It's not like, how can I correct this or, you know, overstep my bounds as a coach. I'm there to encourage him and his teammates. Um, so that's a different angle. So just make sure you're doing it for the right reason, but you got to trust your coaches and love your kid. Nah, I love it. Uh, start from the coach's perspective. Love what you said at the top is you can't, you can't combat fire with fire. You got to come at them and say, Hey, uh, um, I, I did the same thing uh, early on. Yep. Uh, you, I know why you're, why you're so, uh, present <laughs> and, and grabbing onto yep. that fence. It's out of love, uh, but it is not productive right now. It's not helping that kid get better. It's actually stalling the progression, making them a little worse right now because they're so worried uh, about what you're going to think. And then, yeah, I, I love that lens that you watch Boaz from. It's that lens of, um, man, 
I just love this kid. Uh, and, 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 and if you, if you can look through those shades, uh, then, I mean, all the, all the nitpicky stuff, it's not even going to come because, you know, you're, you're just, yeah, it, 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 you're there for the popcorn and the joy. I love that, man. I, I do the same thing with my kids when they're dancing. I'm, I'm not there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, there's no reason for me to throw any shade their way. Let, let me sit back and be in awe. So do that, parents. Sit back in your lawn chair, as my awesome dad <laughs> did uh, with his unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt and his wild cherry Pepsis, and just be in awe. And be in awe of everybody, not just your kid. Yep. Like, 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 watch all the players. And because those are your kids' friends. Those are the kids that are there. They could possibly spend more time of their more lifetime with them than you. So, so really get involved with those kids too. And I think on the car ride home, if you're talking about how much joy uh, you gave me as a parent and how much joy your friends uh, gave me as well, I think that could help build uh, your relationship. So um, great. That, that, that's, that's number one is that, uh, that, that, that parent that's nitpicking every little move. How about topic two here? And these are all before we go there, coach. Yeah, please. If I could, I'm just going to add one more on that. uh, Just because we had a really cool moment on Saturday. Uh, A lot of the kids that I coach in baseball, they're all on the same flag football team. So they had a game on Saturday where, and there's, this is a big group of kids. So there's two teams. They're both in the same league. They're both undefeated. They're very good. Coach Barry does a great job with them. Uh, And they're super respectful, great kids. Well, these two undefeated teams that they all practice together during the week, they had to play each other. So these are the same kids that I get to watch in awe, you know, on the baseball field and Bo and all this good stuff. So they're playing against each other. And uh, Boaz is the quarterback for the younger team. And then the, the older, the, it grades three and four. So the third grade team versus basically the fourth grade team. Uh, and back and forth game, just, ama- I mean, genuinely every single play, there's something to cheer for because, you know, one team had the completion, another team had a great stop. It was it was unbelievable. So all of us as parents, we were just, it was so fun. Uh, and it came down to the wire. Um, uh, Bo's team lost by six or seven, but it was unbelievable. And driving home was like, Bo, that was, that, that was the most fun I've seen in a long time because you just had an opportunity to love on a kid on every single play. It was either great catch or great stop, great run, great this. It, it was really cool. They're going to play again on Saturday because it's playoffs. But all of us as parents, we were just so thankful. It wasn't about the win or the loss. It was about just being, you know, this sense of like admiration for the coaches and for the kids. And just for this moment in this really weird time we're living in where we could just have no stress and just all joy watching our kids play. Yep. It was really cool. Hamburgers, hot dogs, popcorn, joy. Um, get, go that route, man. Uh, topic two, how about the parent that constantly chirps directions, not necessarily negative, uh, things, uh, but just chirping directions from the bleachers. And this is pretty connected to the fence grabber. Uh, but, uh, what about that chirper in the bleachers? How does a coach approach that? Uh, I, you know, it's similar. I think it still has to be a one-on-one where you just, Talk to them about, hey, do you trust me? You know, do you trust us? Uh, you don't want too many voices at once uh, that can mess your kid up. So I know you love them. Uh, I know you, you know, you have them on our team because you think we're the right place for your kid. But 
if that's the case, trust us, you know? Um, and if you're the coach, make sure you're prepared and make sure you are given the right instruction so that you don't open that door for, you know, if you're saying weird stuff and a parent has to correct it, well, that, that's kind of on you as a coach. But I know for you, coach ball game, and for myself, we're teaching it the right way. Um, and sometimes you see something that a kid does wrong, but that's not the time to correct it. That's the time to encourage him. Um, and, and the other stuff, you're not going to fix it in game. So you, you just make a note of it and you're going to work on that with the kid the next week or the next practice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about being respectful towards the parent and just reminding him why he's there and why you're there. Uh, and we both have roles and parents, you, you did a really great post on this a while back as parents, your job is just to cheer and applaud and, and encourage. And if you're going to be loud and vocal, it better just be a positive thing. Uh, and if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything, walk away. So, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously the, it all starts with, with an email to the whole team, uh, getting on the same page. Uh, we have a coaching staff here, uh, the coaches coach and, and parents, please, uh, please eat popcorn and chill out and just say happy things. Uh, and, and that's, that's the expectations. Now, what I'm finding is that those, that, that email either wasn't read by all the parents or is just thrown away. And then there's gotta be that, that second email and then that third email. And then, and then I think what we're getting to is this, this parent that just continues to, um, kind of be counterproductive towards the kid's progression. And so uh, that's where the one-on-one -on -one has to come in. And, and yeah, hey, do you trust me? Can, do you trust me to just be your child's coach right now? Um, and then I, I do think you are, you are right as far as building that trust with them. Uh, if, if they think they're right, then you need to let them know, no, uh, you're not. And, and be, um, be confident in, in your voice. A lot of times these kids are eight, nine years old. And the parent might be watching something that uh, Mike Trout does now, uh, but th that's apples and oranges to what we're teaching your eight-year-old right now. Uh, simplification is where we come from, me and you, Chopper, as far as the younger ages go. Um, you know, you, if you're teaching launch angle at, to an eight-year-old, if you're teaching yeah. the um, if you're teaching the uh, split-fingered fastball to a nine-year-old. Um, if you're teaching a baby to run sprints, uh, it, it is not going to work, not going to work out. So keeping things very simple, keeping it basic as far as balance, start there, start with that word balance. Uh, you want my, you want your kid to take this big step, uh, right now. Well, we'll they're, they're not going to be able to balance themselves. You want your kid to be able to throw it a hundred miles an hour. Well, their head is moving all over the place and, and they're, they're, uh, the cons are outweighing the pros. So, um, I always say this too, if, 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 if you're just spent as a coach and the chirper just keeps chirping, send them my number. I'll gladly have right. a chat with them. I would love to. And I've heard you say the same thing. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you are going to have these parents that take out their, uh, their insecurities, uh, the, 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 as Nick Swisher said, the, the failures they had and, and sometimes their mental illnesses out on a little league field or on a, a sports complex. That's just where they think their forum 
uh, is to, uh, and, and, you know, it should be in a therapy room um, with, uh, with a therapist, but that I, I was playing golf with, with a 70 year old in Hawaii. And I told him what I did. And he said, you know, I grew up in the sixties playing baseball and my dad was a drinker and a yeller and he ruined baseball for me. And it made me think this isn't a brand new problem. This has been going on forever. It's a problem that is so ingrained in, as far as I know, the United States, I don't know if it's going on in the DR Albert. I asked him yesterday. He said, no, parents aren't crazy down there like here. Um, but it's so ingrained. It, it's, it's not a new problem. It's always been a problem. So for us to try and solve this problem, that is a de- uh, you know, a century old, uh, I'm seeing why, how, you know, why it's so hard to, to accomplish, but um, yeah. Well, and now, and now it's more concentrated too, because back in the sixties, every little league might've had one or two coaches like that. Unfortunately, that golfer's dad was him, but now all of a sudden those quote unquote dads, they all joined club ball. So it's like, yeah. now it's this concentrated uh, pot of overly intense, uh, ill-advised uh, emphasis on winning when it's like, I told my kids the other day, uh, just this weekend, we were playing in a 15U tournament and we lost in a very difficult way. And they were all sad. I'm like, boys, I genuinely don't care about the outcome of these games. Like I, I, every one of you guys has way more of these $5 fake plastic metal rings that, that you could ever handle. So understand what, what the goal is. The goal is to get better. The goal is to compete. And if we don't win to learn, and if we do win to win with honor and to win the right way and to win by playing catch and throwing strikes and running the bases, Spartan putting the ball in play. So it's like understanding what the goal is every time you go out on that field. Um, and uh, you know, I really, <laughs> it was amazing how we lost. Uh, but you know what? I told my catcher, who's going to be just an absolute stud. He wants to go to Vanderbilt someday. And I think he has that chance as a freshman. Um, and I told him, I said, hey, dude, like, as long as you learn from this and you see why you don't throw from your knees, you know, because he threw from his knees a couple different times. I mean, he has an absolute cannon, but it's like, if we learn from that, we got better. I don't care that we lost. I don't care that we just got walked off. Great. Good for them. Really cool for our opponents. They had a really cool moment. That's awesome. Now let's learn from it, but then let's get rid of it. We have another game right now. Understand that winning or losing is not the goal. The goal is to continue to improve so you can be at your very best when you're 18, if you have a desire to play college or pro ball. Um, And then with my younger group, we don't ever talk about winning ever. After every practice, I say, guys, I want you to know that I love you and I believe in you and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Did everybody have fun today? And they all raise their hand and cheer. And it's like, good. That's our goal. Our goal right now is for you to have joy and passion for this game. Because when you get older, if you don't have that foundation of joy and fun and passion, and man, I love this thing. And this is what I love to do. You'll quit. You'll just, you'll quit when you get to college as you and you and I know when it's no longer just fun, it's a business. And if you don't have that backdrop of like, this is what I love to do, even though it's hard, I love this grind. You won't do it anymore. So then we wasted all of our time, parents and coaches and kids. Because we didn't have the foundation of joy. Um, the topic number three. Uh, these are all these these first three are pretty connected. But I think it'll really put the answer for any coach out there dealing with these uh, these types of parents. Uh, it'll be a good nutshell answer. The the kid that looks at their parents for affirmation before a play, after a play, 
all the time, um, you know, to the point where they can't hear the coaches because they're so obsessed with looking at their parent for, for affirmation, uh, even if the parent isn't talking, you know, that, um, how do you approach that chopper? It's super unhealthy, right? So um, that would be something where I would recommend to the parents that they do something like your dad did, where he, you go out somewhere where you're not going to be seen and the kid can't default to looking at you uh, for approval. Um, there's clearly something that's, for lack of a better term, it's an unhealthy situation where you, you want to be able to have your kid be independent and learn and fail and get up and be able to be okay with that. Um, and look to his coaches and his teammates or inward to just to realize that, you know, he's not defined by what he does on the field. He's defined by how he treats people and his character and his kindness, and he's loved one way or the other. Um, and that, that would be my recommendation to that parent. And you preface it once again with, I know where you're coming from. You're coming from a place yeah. of love. You love your dude. You love your daughter so much and you just want them to do well. Um, I, I get it, but yeah, then, then, then you throw the, the hard truth at them that, that this is unhealthy for them to be looking your way. So, um, take the foot off the gas, walk away, uh, get, get yourself some distance, just give this kid a little more in a chance to be more independent. Um, and then, uh, when you go home, yeah, let's not critique too much. Let, let's not talk about, uh, you know, what you're doing wrong with your swing or your hand path, because that's another topic that, that came right after that one, which is the over instructor at home, you know, like uh, yeah, you're not throwing your hands or maybe you're, you're explaining things that a nine-year-old, they can't, they can't, their brain can't explain that to their body yet, you know, and, and you're the coach trying to teach the simple things and wait till they hit puberty before they even start thinking about all these um eccentric ways of swinging the bat or throwing the ball. Um, but yeah, uh, I, you're coming from a place of love, but dot, 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 um, just create, create a sense of independence for this, for this child as best you can. Um, and, you know, I think I, I've met some coaches in the past couple of weeks that they're like, this job's draining. You know, and I, it's not the play, it's not the coaching, it's not the putting uh, the, the, the lineups together, it's the parents, it's, it's managing all the different personalities and all the parents that's so uh, draining mentally for coaches. So I'm just here and Chopper's here uh, to give you parents and coaches uh, uh, just encouragement. It, it, it's that important of a job that we have. Um, and uh, if, if you see through this lens that we do, uh, then hang in there and, 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 uh, you're gonna slowly see some changes, but that, that child coming back next year and that child becoming a better person, man, that that's, that's, that's the priority there. And if that means that you've also helped that, that father son relationship at home, uh, it's not so, uh, you know, overbearing, um, and, and more, more from a place of love. Wow. That's the gold. That's the gold. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you're making a team or you're, you're not just putting the kid on your team, you're putting the family on the team. So if true. you have a parent that is, is like taking the joy from you as a coach, you need to, you need to have an honest, 
conversation with them and say, hey, if this doesn't change, you guys are going to have to have to find another team. And that's not because of anything other than I'm just out of doing the best I can for these kids. And if you are going to be that drain instead of that fountain, you can take that somewhere else with love and respect. You can take that somewhere else because I've had a lot of people ask me like, hey, are, do you ever get burned out? No, I don't. I, I have parents and kids that I love. And yeah, sometimes we're tired. And I know you're tired sometimes too. But then as soon as you get to the field, it's like this cup of life or energy because you see these kids and you see these parents and you're, you know they're counting on you to bring that same energy and vibe. Um, so if you have anything holding you back, give them a warning. Hey man, th here's the deal. This is what we're doing and what I'm seeing. And we're not going to tolerate that. Or your culture is what you tolerate. We're, we're not about that here. So I'm clearly going to give you grace in this moment, but if I have to bring it up again, you know, you guys are going to have to take it somewhere else. And doesn't mean I don't love your kid and respect you, but we're not doing that here. Um, how about the elite? nine U player chopper that um, where you're trying to find that balance of teaching elite skills, but not going too far or too fast. Uh, do you have a, do you have a way to, to gauge that or, or a way to help a parent out that is like, but my kid's a stud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when your kid's a stud, I have that with Boaz. My kid's a stud. Um, and he's going, and he's going to, he's going to figure it out. So as parents, it's like, oh, he can handle more of this, that, or don't focus on that. He's going to be where he's supposed to be. And I actually learned this from Bill Hasselman, who is currently, uh, major league staff with the angels. Uh, and he's played in the big leagues. Great dude. His son went to UCLA and I asked him that cause I was working with my kid and I said, like, Hey, Bill, give what's one thing that you would have done differently when you were working with your kid and I know he got to this high level and he said, honestly, I would have been way easier on him um, because I didn't, and he did look back and his kid didn't love it. Sometimes, you know, his kid didn't like it when him and his dad were working together. So he said, if I could have to do it, have it to do over again, I would just focus on making sure that we had fun because he's going to figure out wherever he's supposed to be, the talent that he has, he, he got to UCLA and he would have got there, whether I was hard on him or not. So don't be hard on your kids. And that was great advice. So for me with Boaz, I look at, are you being a good teammate? Did you have fun? Were you kind? How are you to your opponent? And thankfully, he's really good at that. But it's more about his heart because he's a stud. So what? Great. That's awesome. I love it. Like I said, I, I get popcorn and try to just, I'm amazed by what he can do at this age. But more importantly, I love watching him pick up the flag for his opponent and go give it to him and help another, an opponent up or a teammate or encourage a kid when he drops a pass or a baseball or strikes out. That's what you should look at if your kid's a stud. Look at his character, because if he gets good enough, he's in the big leagues, he lacks character, he won't be there very long. Love that. I would, I would uh, just to add on, I mean, that is perfectly put. Like, he will figure it out. I do not need to teach him college-level uh, technique uh, when he's nine, even though he's a stud. Now I want him to go swim. Now I want him to go play football. I want him yeah. to go play soccer. I want him to become a, a well-rounded athlete and be around good people that's going to help build his character uh, because you're right. He will figure that out. And when he's 17 and he is done with basketball, football, and soccer, and he's all in on baseball, then he's ready. All right. But, but yeah, you can't rush into this too fast. Uh, well, well put, well put there, my friend.
Uh, last topic here is the stress parents uh, that the, they're stressing about this tryout that's coming up. And, and I don't I'm totally gone from this. Uh, I, I don't I don't see the travel ball culture, but I'm guessing there's there's tryouts and you make the team or you don't at the age of eight, nine, 10 years old. But uh, examples of uh, what are we going to do if we don't make the team or, um, uh, you know, we we uh, we need to hit this many bombs in this tryout to make, to make a certain travel ball team. Um, you see a lot of it. I mean, you definitely see a lot of it as parent as kids get into high school and go to college, but uh, erase that. How about just this nine and 10 year old parent that is stressing over uh, making a travel ball team? What advice do you have um, for that parent? And then maybe a coach that, that can sense that. Yeah, for the parents, uh, make sure your kid gives good at good, gives great effort, has a great attitude, and is a good teammate. Because if he's doing all of that, that's going to catch the right coach's eye. You know, the coach that you want your kid to be playing for, he's going to notice that, and he's going to be like, "Dude, that's it. That's our culture. That's our vibe." He may not be the best kid on the field talent wise, but he adds to our club by who he is as a person. I love that. Uh, I just want to yeah. stop you right there. The right coach. That's everything. Yep. I talked to Nick Punto yesterday. His dad is a legendary coach in Orange County. And, and uh, Nick himself has done a lot of coaching with travel ball as well. And he's like, it is so hard to find the right coach, a great travel ball coach. They're out there, yeah. uh, but they're not, th there's not many. So if that's your priority to find the right coach, then yeah, uh, th then you're going to be leading your kid down that, that Brett Tomko rule uh, mm -hmm. list of attitude and effort uh sorry to cut you off no i loved it and that 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 basically sums it up i mean you said it perfectly that's that's it so if if your kid doesn't make it but he brings all those attributes that's a blessing like okay great we got to go find another club with a with a coach who aligns with our culture and aligns with what matters to us most um, especially at this age. So, and really that shouldn't ever change if you're looking for a good coach or a high school or whatever the case may be, who is going to uplift my kid. And he's going to put emphasis like you do coach ball game on what matters, kindness, character, uh, resolve, uh, effort, attitude, all these things that we know will set them up for success because vast majority of kids, you know, spoiler to parents, they're not going to be in the big leagues, just like Nick Swisher said last week or a few weeks ago. That's, that's not the reality. So how are you going to set your son or daughter up to be successful in life? Can they be a good neighbor? You know, can they have empathy? Um, can they show up with this joyful attitude every day, no matter what? Um, and that's, that's, that's what matters. And then, you know what, if they do make it to these awesome, but they're going to be great big leaguers who are charitable, like Justin Turner, and they're winning the Roberto Clemente award. Uh, and, the, and they're going to make an impact on this world in a positive way and not just be in the big leagues and be out and do nothing to help others. I, I think just to just to button this whole thing up, um, most of the people right now that listen to this podcast are coaches that are dealing with these kind of issues. So um, just to recap the whole deal, uh, as Chopper said at the top, I, uh, approach it. Uh, from a place of love and, 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 and see the best in that parent as you approach them for a one-on-one, -on -one. Hey, I, I, I see it. I see what you're doing coming from that good place of love. Um, but let's have a chat. Let's chat about why I think it's not working. Um, and then if, 
if the if the problem continues, uh, then man, just just do your best to to be that family therapist until you're until it's too much, until it's it's until it's keeping you up at night and you're just too spent. Uh, and then it, it, you you have to cut the cord if need be. If this, if this is just too draining on your life and, and this team of yours, then just have that conversation. We're, we're just at odds here. And uh, in, in, in this is not the best fit. Um, do the best you can. But I hate to say goodbye to anybody. I, I've never had to at my Sandlots because people kind of know what they're getting into uh, when they sign up for, for my gig. Uh, it's joy, it's popcorn, it's hamburgers, it's laughter, it's fun. I mean, last night we played a Roberto Clemente game with a uh, kickball. They The kids hit the kickball and then it became kickball. So you got the bat, we all shared one bat, bang, you hit that kick, the pitcher pit, pitched the big, big kickball. And then we, uh, and then, you know, we played that way. So everybody knows what's going on with the Sandlots, but as far as travel ball parents, man, I think, but before you say bye-bye, uh, send them this podcast, send them the, the, uh, the 15 core values, uh, episode first, and then, uh, send them the Albert Pujols episode and then send them my number. Cause I'd really love to chat with them and, and, and ask them, you know, what, why do you think your kid needs pressure? Um, because obviously by then, if they haven't listened to the email and they haven't listened to the conversation with the coach, uh, who is, is staying up at night trying to give this kid uh, a great experience, um, then I would want to ask him why. What, where, where is that stemming from? And maybe that's the last question I ask uh, of you on this topic uh, is what do you say to the parent that completely disagrees with our message, wholeheartedly thinks that um, uh, the, the louder I am and the more pressure I put on that kid, the better human being and better player they'll be at the end of the day. Uh, I, I respectfully disagree. Um, and you're welcome to feel that way. Uh, you're just not, you're not going to be a part of, uh, of my culture. You're not going to be a part of our culture as the people that are in my circle. Uh, even, even my son's basketball coach, we really don't have time for basketball. <laughs> we just don't. There's four kids, uh, you know, there's a lot going on and, uh, and Debbie, even when we got asked to be on this team, uh, she's like, we're going to say no, right? We can't do that. And I said, no, we're absolutely going to say yes, because he's a great coach uh, and it's a great family. And I think it's going to add to Boaz. I think it's going to add to who he is as a teammate and a person. And it's the same culture of this like kindness and character and joy. And I want him to be around as many, you know, fatherly figures as I can, where that can just continually be, you know, brought up to him about, Hey, be kind, be nice, have fun, give effort, have a great attitude, uh, fail, but get back up, you know, and try again. And, uh, I was listening to this coach last week and he was talking about how, if you miss 99 shots in a row, what should your next thought be? That next shot's going in, you know, and he's just like encouraging these kids. Um, that's what you got to have. It, you know, if, if the heart matters, if it's win the heart at all costs. So as parents seek that out, don't seek out a win loss record. And just say, well, yeah, he's tough on my kid, but look at the results he gets. So what? Great. They, they win a lot of 12-year-old tournaments. Very cool. I won a ton of games at that age. I don't remember any of them. Um, you know, so, yeah, to get back to your question, I respectfully disagree. It doesn't mean I don't respect you, and you're entitled to your own opinion. 
Um, I just don't agree with it. And I'm not willing to put that in, you know, in, in my sphere of influence. Love it. And, and coaches don't ever let the one parent um, bury you or defeat you. you. You will never be defeated. You have given it you have given every ounce of your effort more than enough, more than is asked for uh, to help this kid have a great experience. And, and sometimes you, you just have to cut your losses and know your boundaries. Uh, this happened to me. I'll close up shop with this. Um, I'm in Dallas and it was, I posted this video. It's on the Instagram and TikTok uh, at coach Ballgame of the origination of a nickname. Uh, I'm in a team meeting, I'm teaching a, a certain lesson, had a few kids that just kept being loud, uh, slightly disruptive. Uh, it was after I made this loud noise. I was talking about catching and how I was afraid of the ball. And sometimes my brother would throw me the ball and I'd say, ah, and then a couple of kids just kept on mimicking that sound. Well, there was this one kid, kid just dialed in with a team meeting pose, not saying anything, just listening to every word. So I, I immediately thought, wow, that kid is, that's a scholar. I bet he loves school. So I asked him, what's your favorite class in school? And he said, math. So his nickname was mathematics. Um, at, at, at that point, I gave him a baseball card and I said, yeah, you fire me up, dude. You were listening so quietly to every word I said. Uh, you were not being disruptive. You're being very respectful. I appreciate that. Um, so I want to give you this baseball card. So there's that. Uh, instead of focusing on the negative, which I definitely did 20 years ago, the two kids that were being loud, um, I would disregard the 52 that were being quiet and, and totally, uh, you know, put my energy into those two kids and waste a bunch of time. Instead, I've learned this from great mentors, I focused on the positive and I rewarded the positive. What did that do? The two negative, the two disruptive, they saw it. They wanted to be mathematics. They want to get that baseball card. So they learned a lesson. They're going to do better the next time. But at the same time, I engaged those two kids who are rambunctious. They're not the quiet type. I engaged them with that, that sound that I made. So they actually, I hit them right in their, uh, their, their comfort zone, with, which was humor. And even though they were being disruptive, at least they were engaged. That might be the only thing they remember is that funny sound I made when I was afraid of catching the ball. And maybe they'll come back or, or try out for Little League next year because they were engaged and they didn't have this coach that just buried them. Um, yeah. So uh, I wasn't weak. Uh, you know, I, I was kind, but don't, don't, uh, what's the saying, coach? Um, I don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Exactly. Uh, there was no weakness there. And, and there were, there were moments where I had to go up and whisper to the kid, you're going to have to, I'm going to have to separate you from this kid if you keep on talking. Uh, but uh, I, man, I'm writing this book, dude. It's called uh, what my friends have taught me. You're in the book. Another one of my mentors is in the book. Uh, and I just wrote, uh, I just wrote his page uh, and, and, and I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. It's a tease, but uh, he, he really <laughs> taught me a lot uh, about um, rewarding the good and then just being confident that the disruptive or the disrespectful, they're going to notice that and they're going to they're going to learn from that. Lastly, um, any coaches out there, you want a good book to read? Joe Madden's book. I just finished it. The Book of Joe, also written by Tom Verducci, three time national sports writer of the year. Uh, but uh, I'm just going to read um, some of the 
uh, chapter titles. <laughs> and there are so many gems in this book. Like, like I'm going to read it again with a highlighter and just highlight every quote, every line that is like, holy cow, that is exactly what me and Chopper are preaching. Um, but this is a lifer, Joe Madden. I mean, he, he played at Lafayette, played football and baseball, and then he played the Angels organization as a catcher. And then he was a scout and a roving instructor. And he worked his way all the way up, rookie ball, all the way up the minors, uh, bench coach forever. And finally, at the age of 53, became a manager uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays at where he changed their culture. And then he goes to the Cubs and he changes the culture uh, and, and wins, you know, World Series. Um, chapter one, whatever you put out there comes back to you. Uh, chapter two, be uncomfortable. He loves that idea of just being uncomfortable. Uh, chapter three, tell me what you think, not what you've heard. I love that. Uh, chapter four, if it comes to your mind, do it. Um, that just it, being confident in that inner voice. Chapter five, try not to suck. I think we made some t-shirts uh, about that. Uh, chapter six, the process is fearless. The process is fearless. Chapter seven, self-discipline is the key to leadership. Um, he's got some great, great mentors that he had, and he talks about leadership. And, and uh, I think I posted this on maybe my Twitter uh, that when leadership becomes punitive, it's not leadership anymore. I think we talked about it uh, on the last podcast as well, but he's big on that. Uh, you know, he, he had coaches that were sergeants and the Earl Weavers and, and that there was a time for that back in the day, but uh, not anymore. They're just going to shut you off if you, if you coach that way. And, and we obviously talk about it weekly about, about how to not be punitive. Chapter eight, the five levels of being a professional. Chapter nine, attitude is a decision aim high, never forget the heartbeat, don't interfere with greatness, lead, uh, let the lead bulls run, um, and, and uh, there's many more, but don't ever permit the pressure to exceed the pleasure. Um, yeah. Love the book, going to read it again, every coach, you, you'll, it'll be food for you, just like this podcast is, um, but uh, yeah, I thought we'd go 30 minutes, ended up going an hour, and uh, my thanks to the mayor in Dallas, Coach Michael, for uh, for hey, you're 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 on an island. You feel like you're all by yourself uh, preaching this chopper and ball game message in your community when everybody else is win at all cost and and toxic. Um, uh, be as Joe Madden says, be uncomfortable. You know, it, it, be a leader, not a follower. So good on you, Michael. And, and to all the other coaches out there, the Texies and the Jamies and the Tomcos and the Swishes, uh, that, you know, you're on that island of positivity. Feel comfy there, right? You're a, you're a, you're a game changer, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Uh, I mean, there, you know when you're doing it right because you feel alive, you know, like you and I talk about all the time. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fountain of life when you go to go to the field and just encourage it's that simple. There is no losing. It's, it's winning and learning. And it's, uh, it's, it's something that I look forward to every day. And um, yeah, it's great. I, I loved it. I saw that video that you posted and I loved it. And it was, it was brilliantly done. So if people haven't seen it, go look at it because it's, there was no, you didn't even flinch at the kids that were kind of mocking that sound that you made. Um, you just 
spotted out mathematics and confidently thanked him and gave him a baseball card and, and gave him a nickname. And uh, you did, you rewarded the positive. And then those other kids, you know, they're going to, they're going to fall in line or they're not. And if they keep going, you'll address it. Like, you know, if you have to, but oftentimes as coaches, instead of yelling and screaming and making a scene and embarrassing those kids, find the one that's doing it right and thank him for doing it right. And then nine times out of 10, the kids that are being loud and just being really, truly disrespectful unintentionally or not, they'll stop and you'll be fine or they won't stop. And then you'll have to address it with a warning. Uh, oftentimes uh, under your breath, one-on-one, -on -one, Hey guys, I need you to stop. Like you got to listen. You know, it's that, it's really that simple. I, I respect you when you talk, it's time for you to respect me. Um, and that, and um, I loved how you handled it. Came it from, great. came from, you know, 19 yeah. Oh, yeah. times of doing it wrong or uh, no, 190 times of doing it wrong and, and then learning right. from it. But I've learned that the, yeah. the loud, the loudest kids, when you, when you get quiet, the more quiet you get towards them. The, the better they respond. So try that, try that uh, with, with those rambunctious ones that just won't stop. Right. Um, and, and, and it's then tough you feel for, better. Yep. You feel exactly. Better as a coach Cause you didn't be, you didn't, you didn't berate a kid, whether they, you know, they deserved it. No, dude, like you, you lost your cool. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so that was good on you, dude. I, it, that didn't surprise me when I saw it. That's, that's who you are. And, and you and I both through, through failure, uh, we've gotten to a place where, you know, we're, we're getting it right more often than not. And there's still exceptions and we still have to kind of circle back and say, hey, I didn't handle that the best and be honest and open with our evaluation of ourselves. And then we just try to not let it happen again. And it's come full circle with the disruptive parent and how to deal with the disruptive parent, you know, go to that quiet place. Same thing. I think they're going to hear you a lot louder if you're, uh, you know, if you're coming from that place of love, I understand why you're playing in the dirt right now or yelling right now. I, I get, I get that. Um, uh, uh, but Hey, this is how we do things and just slowly, but surely build that culture, man, build up that culture of, of positivity. Um, I'm good, man. Another stuff, weekly dude. segment. Uh, we got some really good guests lining up. So uh, dial that in and for our Patreon supporters, um, be on the lookout probably in the next podcast we do we'll uh we'll let you know when we're going to set up that zoom meeting where we can all just have a, a nice cup of coffee a meeting of the minds and talk coaching and parenting because um it brings me life uh albert once again yesterday hey you still doing that podcast with chopper like he thinks about this podcast you know that right. that guy yeah. thinks about this podcast because he got a lot out of it. He got a lot of joy from it. And he's got kids as well that are playing sports. So, um, man, oh, man, always good uh, to be with you, Chaparu. And, and You're the Tommy, best. Tommy Gold along for the ride as well. You always, you're always on my mind, Tommy Gold, and on all of the <laughs> listeners' minds. Let's be honest. They love you, brother. <laughs> yep, that's it. Awesome. Well, we'll see you Have next week. Have a great week. week. Uh, happy Thanksgiving week next week. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, maybe we'll give thanks for, for all the, uh, all the things of this year uh, next, next week on our pod, but thank you again, listeners continue to what coach. Got a rake, got a rake every day. And you gotta keep on banging. <laughs>